0: Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. I'm Chad Mitchell. I'm David Fanch. We're we're happy to be back with you to uh, yet again study the Bible with you on our podcast. Um, I've uh, just got back from a week-long vacation and so um, we got in at 1:30 this morning <laughs> um, and so I'm a little foggy in the head but I'm, I'm here I'm pushing through it I told the kids um, that's the price you have to pay to have fun because they went to school this morning so uh, on time yeah. I think Cass had to take stuff to two schools, though, because they forgot everything. <laughs> but they were there. <laughs>
1: they were there on time. They were there on
0: time. That's but funny. anyway, so I, I'm I'm kind of... Uh, I, I, I wasn't there to hear the lesson that Brother David brought. Um, the lesson was titled, um, Goodness and Severity of God. And so we're going to get into it, and we'll lean on David, because he was there. He gave the lesson. <laughs> I and think I vaguely remember. You remember? Okay. so I'm, But I'm sure that I'll have plenty to... Um, add and say as we go through anytime we study the word god's word um we're reminded of things and and we can have good uh good study and good comment and so we're looking forward to it here is what as we always uh, mention uh if you have a question about what we study or or you have a question about really anything that you you like us to um study or bring up even if we haven't talked about it yet yeah even if we haven't talked about it or even if you don't want us to to bring it up on air um we'd love to study with you um nowadays you can just fire up a zoom meeting and have a bible study with someone clear across the country and so yeah um we'd love to do that with you and so just let us know but you can send us an email at truth in agape love at gmail.com and uh we'll uh gladly um respond back to you if you if you have any questions about what we study so having said that the goodness and severity of God. I missed a good lesson. It sounds like David. Oh,
1: it was amazing. No, amazing, kidding. yeah. <laughs> I did such a good job. And Not humble, yet. humble. <laughs> and I'm so humble about it. No, um, so we have been spending quite some time looking at Christ and looking at how He has performed miracles and 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 how He was able to walk on water and then even. Um, calm the seas with just his voice and and looking at all the the miracles that he has performed and then you know i asked the question why and and it was because of his his love for us is the reason why he went through all that and and uh, last week in my lesson i talked about how christ is suffered and he suffered willingly and it's because of his deep love for us. But we also have to look at the severity of God. You know, a lot of people just look at at the goodness of God and the the love that He has and want to just kind of stop there and not look at all of who God is. And and that would be as I spent quite some time looking at the love of Christ and the love of God, I think I would be doing a big disservice if I didn't talk about the severity of God as well. And the reason why you want to look at the severity of God is because you, you begin to fear Him. Yeah. And that's a, you need that. And that fear will drive you to be obedient to Him.
0: Yeah, and it's a good fear. It's not a That's right. a bad fear. It's a fear that basically makes you want to do good.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, and and looking at what will happen if you are not obedient to his word. And if you will turn over with me to Proverbs 1 verse 7. Chad, do you want to read that yeah, for sure. us? Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah, Proverbs 1 uh, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction.
1: So here it, it talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You're not gonna study the word of the Lord if you don't fear him. You know, if you just look at the goodness of God, and and yes, there is so much goodness in God. Do not get me well, do not misunderstand what I'm trying to say. There's so much goodness in
0: in God, but there's that's not all of who God is. Mm. Well, and and I I didn't think I was gonna have much to say, but the the thing is, um, I I'm the kind of person who needs motivated to do things. Okay, that's right. Whether it's a boss, or... I think
1: we all are to some extent. Yeah,
0: and I I always make the the comment that um, if you uh, want to clean the house, you invite guests over.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, because
0: you you have a fear. That they're going to see your house dirty. Yeah. Okay. And judge you. And <laughs> judge you. Yeah. And so in a way, in a way, it's similar. Yeah. Because you, you're, you're, or you have a fear that you're not going to get all your work done for your boss. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, so that it's that kind of fear. It's not like, um, you know, the spook alley. Okay. Fear. Yeah. It, or fear of, of someone robbing you or death. It's a, it's a good fear. It's that good fear that motivates us.
1: That's right. And, you know, a, a good example of this, if you want to turn over with me to First Peter 5, we're going to read verse 7 and 8. And this is talking about the goodness, and then the very next verse talks about the severity of God. But it, it's, not, it's not just God, but we also have to worry about Satan as he is the adversary, and and Satan is seeking to devour us. And so, with that, we also have to realize that Satan is trying to make us not go to heaven. Drag us away from the Lord. That's that's his purpose. That's yeah, all sure. he's trying to do. And so, that's why we have to fear what would happen if we allow Satan to, to tempt us and, and allow Satan to intervene in our life. So... I'm going to read 1 Peter 5. I'm going to read verse 7. And then bringing out a point that this is where a lot of people would want to stop after reading verse 7, where it says, Casting all your cares upon him, speaking of God, for he cares for you. Now, God wants you to cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. That's absolutely true. But a lot of people want to just stop there and just be like, Well, hey, God cares for me. All I need to do is cast my cares upon him, and he's going to be there for me. They almost want to just stop there. But the very next verse, we have to keep it into context. The very Mm -hmm. next verse in verse 8 of 1 Peter 5, he says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Satan has one good quality— And it is the fact that he is a hard worker. And he is hard at work seeking to devour you. And so if you drop your guard down, he will devour your soul. He will lead you away from God. And keep in mind, and I I don't have this, I, I didn't have this in my lesson, but Satan doesn't need all of you. He only needs a part of you. When you look at James 2, verse 10, James 2, verse 10. Turn over there with us. Here it says, For whoever shall keep the whole law, and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. So Satan doesn't need to have all of you. He only needs a part of you. He he only needs you to feel like, well, you know, I can can just call myself a Christian and and just kind of walk away from it. You know, as long as... As long as you don't diligently seek the Lord, He has you.
0: Yeah, or or like it's just a little white lie.
1: That's right.
0: You then, know, just a white lie.
1: And we must look at also the verses of warning for us. You know, again, there's the goodness of God, and there's so many encouraging verses for us, but there's also verses of warning of what happens if we are not obedient. Mm-hmm. And so if you would, turn over with me to Mark 9, verses 43 through 48. Now, let's read these verses, and, and then let's kind of meditate upon them for a moment. And let's actually zone in on these for for a moment, because these are very very eye-opening verses for us. Chad, do you want to read those? Yeah. Yeah, Mark sure. 9 uh, 43 through 48.
0: <clears throat> okay. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If it it is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm dies not, where their worm dies not, does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that never quenches, um, never be quenched, where their worm um, does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched.
1: All right. So here a lot of people will be like, well, that's a little dramatic, right? Where if your hand causes you to sin, and it's not necessarily talking about your hand because if one hand causes you to sin, the other one can also cause you to sin too. Mm -hmm. But like, for example, our phones... I would much prefer to leave my house without my wallet rather than my phone, yeah, like if I forget my wallet i'm like uh, i'll be all right without it, mm-hmm. but my phone it 's like let's turn back around, I gotta go get my wallet yeah. I gotta go get my phone, but with the the phone that that can do a lot of good for you, you know like I Google verses all the time, it helps me out in my lessons yeah. so much, and so you you can use them for good, but you can use that same device. To look up pornography or look up things, and it'll destroy you. And so throw your phone away. Get rid of it. It's not worth it. You know, it's not worth your soul. And the reason why he's so harsh here, you know, talking about if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is not worth going to hell. Nothing in this life is worth going to hell for. Yeah, And that's really what he's illustrating. But also notice here. He's talking about hell, where the worm does not die.
0: Now, I was just looking at that, like, my, see if my commentary said anything, because that kind of, not to interrupt you, but no, that, that's confusing to me. Like, what is he talking about? Like, what's he getting to? Like, what what does that mean, where your worm never dies?
1: The worms are eating at your flesh. Okay. And they don't ever die. Okay. and And also, on top of the worm eating at you, the fire is never quenched you're burning alive and your fire is the fire cannot be quenched
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it cannot go out now and all of this you know you you think how can a worm be burning and not be burnt to a crisp <laughs> well and or how can a fire can never be quenched yeah it it will burn forever
0: we can't imagine that no because, I don't
1: wish that upon my worst enemy.
0: Well, fire's bad enough the way it is now. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're in a burning house, things are not looking good for you.
1: Yeah. And, and I, was, I was talking to somebody, and I brought these verses up, and they're like, well, that's just Gehenna. That's just like the burning pile outside of Jerusalem. And I, I look at them, I said, so is that pile still burning? And they're like, well, no, they have a better system. I was like, so it was quenched. I was like, this one is not quenched. I was like, it cannot be quenched. I was like, you know, this burning hellfire is forever. It will never, there will never be an end to that torment. That is what hell is. And, you know, there is, just like the title of the lesson, there's the goodness and severity of God. This is something else that we also have to look at very carefully. There's heaven, which is the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And the, the blessings that He will give to us and, and bless us with being eternally in heaven with the Father and with the Son, how blessed are we to have that? But with that goodness, there's also severity. Yeah. Now, also understand... There is no in-between. Chad, there, there is no in-between between the goodness and the severity. There's one or the other. Mm. You know, Just like uh, you're either in the car or you're out of the car. You can't be in between the car driving down the interstate. You're either in the car driving down the interstate or
0: you're out of it, right? Well, and I think he's explaining <clears throat> something here that is worse than anything that any of us have ever seen. Absolutely. It's, it's not like anything we know here. Yeah, it's worse.
1: I, I heard of uh, a preacher say one time. He's like, "You take your worst nightmare, yeah, and and your worst imagination, times it by ten, and and that won't even reach what hell is. Yeah, you know, and it's just the the severity of it. And but there is no in between. You know, turn with me to Romans eleven verse twenty two. But this is why we need to look at both the goodness and severity of God. And, and I spent quite some time talking about the goodness of God, how Christ was willing to leave his home in glory. He was with the Father in heaven, and he left it to come down here. And that's all a part of his goodness, to show us the way to him. And there's so much goodness in the Lord, but there's also this very real severity. And so Romans eleven twenty-two.
0: Basically, this could be our text for the whole study, right? Absolutely. Okay.
1: And it says, therefore, or because of, all that we've already just talked about really, because of, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell, severity. And those who fell are the disobedient, those who are not obeying the word of God. You will have the severity. Hell but towards you, goodness. But notice, he doesn't just end there. He says, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off. So even if you are once obedient to the Lord and then fall away and become disobedient again, you will be cut off. And again, you will be facing the severity of God. And so that's, and I didn't even think about this, but 2 Peter 2.
0: Oh, bonus verse.
1: Bonus verse, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I have those every now and again. 2 Peter 2, uh, verse 20. So Second Peter 2, verse 20. says, For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world to the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ... They are again entangled in them and over or entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. So all this stuff that we just talked about, this, the, where the worm never dies and the, the fire is never quenched, for those who have known the Lord and, and known the goodness of the Lord and then turned away from them, after knowing the goodness of the Lord, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. Mm-hmm. So there, there's almost like this, there's layers of hell mm-hmm. is kind of how I, I view it where there's, it's even more severe punishment for you. If you have known the goodness of the Lord and turned away from Him back to disobedience. Yeah, That's a very even more severe punishment. And so again, you have to look at both the goodness and severity of God. And this next verse that, that we're going to turn to, um, it really helps us to understand, because there's a lot of questions that a lot of people ask, well, like, I go to church, and, and I, I don't think it matters what church we go to, and, you know, as long as we're serving God, yeah. and, you know, but when you look at Ephesians 4 5, Chad, can you read that for us? Yeah. It's, it's a very short verse. But this one really drives this point home.
0: Okay. Ephesians 4, 5, One Lord, one faith, one baptism.
1: So when you ask this, Chad, how many ways can you please the Lord? One. And how many ways can you worship him in, in, in accordance with his word? One faith. There, there's one way to please him. There's mm-hmm. one way that, you, that is acceptable to worship him. Now, ask yourself the question how many denominations are in the just the U.S.?
0: Yeah, there's a lot.
1: There's over there's about 200 different denominations. Now, I'm talking, I'm not talking about um uh looking at uh the core the Quran, yeah, you know, Muhammad. I'm talking about Christian denominations. There's over 200, and that's just in the U.S. when you look at the whole world. There's, I last I checked was about 4,300 different Christian denominations. but only one, only one is the faith. There's only one acceptable way.
0: Yeah Well and, and, and the thing is if we're all the, the one that's acceptable is following the blueprint given in his word. That's right. you know um, We just traveled uh, and worship with other brethren identical worship pretty much i mean it's all the same exactly the same and so why because we're all looking at the same blueprint yeah you know
1: you know when when i study with people and and they're also studying with another brother a lot of times they mention they're like you're saying the exact same thing as this guy is i was like yeah because we're reading out of the same book (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) it's It's true man
1: (laughs) you know and in no way, shape or form can you throw in your think so. Yeah. That is when you have followed off the trail of the Lord yeah. onto your own trail. Yeah. You know when somebody tries to tell you that it's there is no hell or it's yeah. so hard to go to hell, mm-hmm. that's not what the that's not what the Bible says. You know, when you look at first Peter four verse eighteen. Now, we're going to look at this, and then I'm going to ask you a couple questions on this one. Okay. 1 Peter four, eighteen. He says, Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and sinner appear? So, when you look at the word righteous, what does the word righteous mean?
0: Um, it's basically someone who's trying, you know, doing things right.
1: Those who are right with God. Like when yeah. you break that word down, it actually means right with God. Okay. And so, actually, when you look at Acts 2.47, it says the Lord was adding those daily who were being saved. Who adds you to the church? The Lord. Yeah, the Lord adds you to his church. Mm-hmm. And so here, the the righteous that are scarcely saved, those are the ones that the Lord have already added. Yeah. So they they are actual Christians, those are the ones that the Lord has added and scarcely they are saved. Why are the why are the righteous scarcely saved? And it's because they don't consider the severity of God. So they're they're baptized, and the, the Lord adds them to the church and then they only look at the goodness of God. They don't consider the severity of God. Mm-hmm. They they don't consider all of who God is. You know, when you read Mm -hmm. through the Old Testament, and a lot of times people just look at the New Testament, and throughout the New Testament, you have in Acts 5, you know, Ananias and Sapphira, Mm -hmm. which they, uh, God, you know, ended them right there. You know, they breathed their last, is how they put it. You see that, but throughout the Old Testament, you see God's severity on His people. Mm. When they turn away from God... God punishes them. Yeah. And they, they continue to be punished until they turn away from their sinful ways and turn back to God. And then God, with his goodness, allows them back into his good graces. And so...
0: Well, and even Jesus warned that there would be people, there would be teachers that um, do many things in my name, but they're, they're not. That's right. They're, they don't know me.
1: That's right. Absolutely.
0: And so, you know, that's... He warns them. Right there, that there's going to be people doing this.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, to go along with what you're saying, Matthew 7. Okay. I think this is what you were, you were referring to. Matthew seven, twenty one through 23. And this is Christ speaking. This is Jesus yeah. Christ, our Savior, speaking here. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Yeah. And so these are people that have done many works in the name of the Lord. They are... They are professing Christ. They are out there doing the work of the Lord, but they are not doing it according to what God has commanded. Yeah. They become almost self-righteous, you know, mm-hmm. going to, to Romans 10, which we'll probably get to late, a little bit later, but they, they, they don't worship the Lord His way. Mm-hmm. They're not worshiping the Lord according to the one faith. Yeah. Going back to Ephesians 4, or 5, the one Lord, one faith, one baptism, they... They think they can serve God any way they choose.
0: Well, and you and I were talking about this before we started the podcast. A lot of folks in their worship to God today don't even give any consideration that maybe they should check it against the Bible, right? Against what God has commanded them to do in, in their worship. Silence your phone. Yeah, no. <laughs> if you
1: have not done that yet, <laughs> silence now's a good your phones. Time. <laughs>
0: Um, That's but funny. It's all right, but 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 seriously, that um, you know, like for for a lot of folks, if you get into a study with people about um, musical instruments, let's say, yeah, they haven't even you start telling them, hey, the Bible doesn't, and they're like, what? Yeah,
1: they've never. They're thought so about confused
0: it. because they never thought about. It, they never thought to question it. Yeah. And so. It's for, how they were raised. For us, um, as. Christians, we need to question what, why are we doing this? You yeah, know? and I think I think that's the big downfall for folks who think that they're doing what God wants them to. That's right. A lot of times they're only doing it because this is a good idea. Yeah. So and, or, or this is how we've always done it.
1: That's right. And Chad, you and I both have have questioned our faith. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And and you need to. You, yeah. I recommend everyone
0: oh, to yeah. challenge your Absolutely. faith against the Word of God. We I can We got to challenge each other.
1: That's right. And and. Me and Chad are not separated from that. I mean, I have challenged my faith more than once. Yeah. But you know what it what happened from it is I got so much stronger. Yeah. From challenging because now I know why I serve the Lord this way. Now I know why we need to worship him this way because I've studied it and I've I've learned that well, this is why I always grew up doing it. You yeah. know? And there's there are certain things that I uh you know, I was born and raised in the church, like you, Chad.
0: Yeah.
1: There are certain things where I, I, um, I question my parents on. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's everyone working out their salvation with fear and trembling, Philippians mm-hmm. 2.12. Yeah. And that's what we're commanded to do. We need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, and we need to serve the Lord with fear and trembling. and And yeah. that's, that's what he commands. And if you don't, if you only look at the goodness of God... And don't look at the severity. Don't look at the outcome of, well, what if I'm disobedient? You become lazy in your service to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You start to, well, I'm just going to serve them this way because, well, it, it fits me. You know, I like to go to this church down here because they take care of my kids while I'm there.
0: So yeah. I don't have to deal with them, you know. and Or they have the best slide for the kids.
1: <laughs> yeah. Something like that. And. With no consideration of how does God think about this? What does he think about this? And and what does God command us to do? Mm-hmm. They never even think to challenge it because that's how they were raised or they've just never or they've just listened to the preacher say, Hey, it's okay. Yeah. So now th- I call it preacheritis where my preacher said it was okay yeah. so I'm just going to do it.
0: Yeah. Well, you need to challenge everyone and it doesn't matter who they are. Well, and I mean we've all been there. I mean, I remember as a kid going, "Man, I wish I was the preacher cuz then I'd be perfect." <laughs> you know, that's what I thought as a kid. You know, that's kids kids yeah. logic, you know. And I think we've all do that to a certain degree. We're like, "Oh, well if I was the elder, if I was the you know, the preacher, boy, I'd have things, you know, in order, yeah. right?" And the thing is, you're no different than me. No, we're all the same. We all have the same temptations. Some of us get tempted in other ways. Some of things aren't a temptation for me where they would be for you. Yeah, you know. And vice versa. And, and another thing I think about too, not to not to take us too far off track, but no, absolutely. Um, the uh, was it the 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 rich man or not the rich man with who uh, uh, filled all his barns and had to build more barns? Oh yeah.
1: Um, oh, man. You put me on the spot. I I, I know I, what you're talking about. Yeah.
0: But but remember, he he had it made. He's like, I'm going to sit back and drink yeah. and eat and be merry. He tore down his barns and built bigger tore ones. Down, and, tore down his barns, built bigger ones. We all know the story. I can't think of where it's at. But yeah. um, I'll keep telling the story. Maybe you can think of it, Dave. <laughs> but, but you know, he, he had it made. Like, he had a plan. He's going to live out the rest of his life. He don't have to do anything. Yep. And what God tell him? You fool! Yeah, your your soul will be requested of you tonight. Yep. You know, and 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 so we we gotta get this right because we don't know the day or the hour when Christ is gonna come back. That's right. Or we could leave here and get in a car wreck. That's right. I mean, there's so many dangers that we face every day. You know, you know. I just, I just went. It's um, it's incredible what we can do nowadays. But we went clear across the country in in six hours. Yeah, <laughs> but it's dangerous to a certain degree. We're flying off the ground, you know. If
1: the propeller stops at you, any time, you're done. You
0: don't just pull over a plane in the <laughs> air, okay? And say, "What was that noise?" You yeah. Know? No, you don't do that. Um, so, um, but but what we have, we face. The point is, we face dangers every day, and our life could be taken from us. We don't know at any time. And Christ can come back as a thief in the night. We talk about that all the time. Yep. And so these are things like you're talking about fear, okay? This this injects a little bit of fear into us going, "Hey, yeah, I ain't got much time. I got to get this figured out." Yep. You know, and and so it's that's the kind of fear I think that we're talking about is from these examples, the godly fear the godly fear from these examples that we're talking about here should uh, motivate us to get get rolling. You Absolutely. Know, get, get your life straight. Get get things things figured out. You know. Absolutely. And you know we've talked a lot about um, some religions um, allow you to have a to to have a sin. What, you know, what are the Catholics? Um, oh, um... Say, you know... Like a Lent? A Lent? Oh, yeah. Or something where you can go and just get it confession, out of your system, and then you can the pay, confession. pay to um, have your sins forgiven. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And, um, yeah. And, and it doesn't work that way, you know? As if God needs our money, right? Yeah, he doesn't need our money. <laughs> and, uh... So, what we need to do,
1: like the Bereans in Acts 17, verse 11, okay. you know, and keep in mind, this is when the apostles, the inspired men of God, you know, and the word inspired means God breathed. So, this was the voice of God speaking through them. Yeah. And yet, even after preaching to them in verse 11, of Acts 17 says these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. So even after being taught by the apostles, they went home and studied themselves daily. Notice daily. Yeah. Like they were diligent in their service to the Lord. They were diligent in seeking to make sure that they were pleasing to the Lord. Now, mm-hmm. why would they do that? It's because they they looked at the goodness and severity of God. You know, it, it goes back to recognizing that there is this severity to God, and you need to serve Him His way. And this is another bonus verse. Yeah. Leviticus 10. <laughs> Turn with me to Leviticus 10. This is another uh, verse that really really sticks out and this is a very good point to bring out now this is when Nadab and Abihu decided to get strange fire okay to burn the incense they, oh yeah
0: they I love received
1: the strange fire they they were commanded to get the fire from a certain place and for whatever reason i can only guess it was because of laziness the reason why they got the fire from a different place
0: i i i said i love this story but i not not in the sense that I love what happens, I just love the example <laughs> yeah, that it, it gives to us and the, the fear that, that we get from this, the, the example we get from this story. Yeah.
1: And, and, and so um, I, I absolutely agree with you on that, Chad. And so verse 3, and this is, so after, this is after God destroyed Nadab and Abihu, killed them. Verse 3, it says, And Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke. Saying, by those who came near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. Understand the respect that God deserves. Yeah. And not just deserves, but he, he demands. This is how we need to serve him. We need to show honor to him. He must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, he must be glorified.
0: Actually, like if we could read verses one and two there okay fine <laughs> i know i know i just i think it's it's great to get the whole absolutely because because it, it really makes it sink in because here well let's just read it yeah i'll, let, I'll read one and two real quick Well,
1: will read read uh one through three okay, so one to through keep three. everything into context okay
0: so then nadab and Abihu, the sons of aaron each took his censer and put fire in it put incense on it and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So the thing is with this, I think fire's fire to me, okay? Right. It's It's got a flame. It's hot. I'm sure that's how they kind of looked at it, it's, too. It's no big deal, you know? Um, so continue on, verse 2. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Okay, so what would um, Aaron, the, the, the father of Nadab and Abihu would be grieving, very angry, and almost revengeful. Right. So continue on, verse 3. And Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, by those who come near me I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. This is a little confusing to catch what's going on here in my mind, because it's just not how you would explain this story Yeah. if you and I were telling it. Because... Here's Aaron, I mean, he's ready to re- take revenge on his sons being killed. Why are my sons being killed? And then Moses says, "Hey, look, you they did not give the respect given that they were supposed to be given and fall and do this in the way God told them to. Yeah, you know and, and this is what happened. You, you have no choice and, and And I think this is a good example also of people who want to argue with God. yeah. You know, because Aaron could have said, "This ain't fair. What's going on here, God?" Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. He even could have had an example. Well, so and so's sons do, You know, I mean, you know, he could compare it to someone else. Yeah. But what did he do? He made any excuse? Yeah, absolutely.
1: And when you he look held at, his peace. Yeah. When you look at verse six, okay. Th- this takes it even deeper. Okay. He held his peace in, in verse three, but then in verse six. And Moses said to Aaron and to Eliezer and Ithamar, which are Aaron's other sons, Do not uncover your heads nor tear your clothes, lest you die, and wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. So he was, Moses told Aaron, of course, through the mouth of God, do not even mourn for him. Yeah. You have no right to mourn for him. Because yeah. they disobeyed God, yeah. Just going back to what you were saying, they disobeyed God. You don't even mourn for
0: them, which would be very difficult as a father. Oh yeah. I mean, we can't even imagine.
1: And there was there was this like period of mourning that that a lot of people had. And uh, I was looking this up. Yeah, and I it was don't have really big on. in
0: that in that time. Yeah, because they would mourn, especially like if they lost a spouse. There that was right. a long period of time of about, mourning. It was about thirty days, is yeah. what I read. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so they, he was told not to even mourn for him. Don't even mourn for him because they, they got what they deserved. Yeah, they knew better, and yet they didn't regard God as holy. They mm-hmm. didn't treat Him as holy.
0: Well, and and Aaron respected God. That's right. Enough to know, hey, well. That it is what it is. They should have. They should have known. They should have known, and yeah. they didn't do it. And I'm sure he blamed himself a lot for not emphasizing it. Maybe you'd be thinking, "Man, I told them I told them that they, you know, had to be careful, and they just wouldn't listen to me." You know, it's kind of like yeah teaching your young child to do something. You don't know anything yeah. as a parent. Yeah, I know. You know. Yeah. And uh, at least until you're there, about twenty five or twenty six. Or even in their 30s, then 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 the parents get smart again, you know. Yeah. Um, but 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 yeah, it's a great example because um, he didn't argue with God. Aaron didn't. He he knew what had happened. Yep. And he knew that they didn't do what God told them to, and that was it.
1: Yeah, and Proverbs illustrates that you know God is the Potter and we are the clay. What right do we have to sit here and? Well, why'd you make me this way why did you why did you not give me a handle or whatever the case is?
0: You don't have the right to question him well and 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 like I said, he could have had a handful of excuses, yeah, but he held his peace that's right there was no no arguing with God, yeah and uh and I think it that I think that's a key point as well that we may not like some of the things that we're commanded to do, yeah, but you can't argue with God no. <laughs>
1: And it's not your place to
0: no to question him.
1: Who are we? Yeah, we are his creation. We're sinners. Yeah, we we need help. That's right. Romans three twenty three says, "For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God." Yeah, we have all failed God.
0: We've all failed.
1: And so it's it's through God's grace, through Jesus Christ. Romans six twenty three, through Jesus Christ, we are saved. Yeah, and and so. We, we have been blessed more than we deserve.
0: We've we have nothing to bring to the party. No. Yet. But um, but we we can take advantage of all the graces that God give us. That's right. We, we 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 give him nothing in return except obedience. I, I like how you put we have nothing to bring to the party. We don't. There's nothing that God needs from no, us. No, he doesn't need anything from us. It's
1: just his his love that mm-hmm. he, he blesses us with. So mm-hmm. again there's that Great goodness in the Lord, but then people get it twisted as if, well, all the goodness of the Lord, I can do whatever I want and be saved. Well, that's not the case, you know. And, and these examples that we've talked about, Nadab and Abihu, and and uh, all the times that we that we see the wrath of the Lord, you know, uh, Ananias and Sapphira as well in Acts five. They tried to lie to the Holy Spirit. God ended them. You know, yeah. and they, it says they breathe their last. That is, that's eye-opening to me. Because it's like, it was like God just shut the light switch off. You know, it was, how much do we take for granted breath? God yeah. blesses us with breath. Every breath we Every take day. is a blessing from God. Yeah. We don't deserve life. No. You know, we take it out of context. We, we take God for granted. Rather than taking advantage of his love... Take advantage of the fact that he willingly gave his son to die on that cross to give us hope. We take for granted rather than take advantage of and and try to just take advantage or take for granted his love.
0: All right, just real quick, you know, since we're talking about this, another thing that's interesting um, and sometimes, you know, our courts will make an example of somebody. Yeah. Just so that no one else does it. Yep. You can just imagine the other sons that came and did the next offering used the right fire. <laughs>
1: yeah, you, you bet they didn't I mean? do that again. And, and so
0: it, it was basically a teaching moment, even though two men lost their life. That's right. Because a lot of people learned, even us today, uh, learned something from this incident and, and realized the power of God and how careful we need to be. Yep. um when we're when we're when we're worshiping God
1: yeah and perfect example of that turn over to acts five and and we actually see this quite a bit throughout the the New Testament when something happens um so this is after Ananias and Sapphira died they breathed their last in verse 11 now keeping in mind this this all laid out and, and Peter expressed it and, and says, you know, you're going you're gonna to be buried next to your husband. And then uh, Sapphira breathed her last, and she died and was carried out by the young men and was buried by her husband. And that's in verse 10. But then in verse 11, it says, So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Yeah. There was that, that purpose behind what, what the Lord has done. It was a teaching moment, like you said. You know, we yeah. do this with the courts. They, they make an example. Well, they're the example of what not to do. Right. You know, the, throughout the Old Testament, we see the, the Israelites keep turning away from God. They are the example of what not to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nadab and Abihu, they're the perfect example of what not to do. And, and so going back to Nadab and Abihu, what made it strange fire?
0: It's hard to know. I mean, it, it, they used the wrong fuel.
1: Yeah. It was what God did not allow them to do. Yeah, it, it had it was to was just, you know, God told them to get the fire from a certain place, and they got the fire from somewhere else. Yeah. God never said you couldn't get the fire from there, it, but the fact that he said get it from here eliminated everywhere else. Yeah. And so many times people think, well, God never said I couldn't do this. Yeah. You're not considering the severity of God. If you're wrong. Yeah. Is it the one faith? If it's, if you're doing something that the Lord did not permit, that's a very serious question that we all have to
0: ask. Mm -hmm. Sorry that we all have to ask. (laughs) Well, I think, um, you know, as kids, as we were disciplined from our parents, um, we had a fear of them. Absolutely. But it wasn't a, Oh, here he comes run. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't scared at all if you were doing what you were supposed to, right? In fact, you're almost boastful. Yeah, it wasn't me; it was my, you know, (laughs) unruling sibling. The other one over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you strut around, not even scared of them, because you know you didn't do anything wrong. That's right. But when you did do something wrong, you had a fear. Yeah. And um, the reason why you didn't do anything wrong is because you had that fear. Yeah. And and so I think we can I think we can find something really all of us can find some something in our lives to relate to to describe this type of fear Absolutely. that even, we're talking about.
1: You even see it in your animals. Yeah, you know, like say you just got back from a trip. Say if you came back home and your dogs tore apart your house. You just look at him. You'll know which one did it because he'll be cowering mm-hmm. in the corner with yeah. his tail between his legs. And the other one's like, hi, it's yeah. so good to see you. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I'm guessing it would be Tucker that would do it. Not, yeah. Not Roger. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah.
1: But, uh, but uh, you know, so you even see it in your animals. They know better. And then when they're caught, they're like cowering in the corner. They won't look at you and they'll put the tail between their legs. We kind of have the same attitude towards our parents. When we do something we know we shouldn't and we get caught, you know, you have that, uh uh-oh, you know, and and you're, you fear the wrath. Well, you need to fear the wrath of the Lord and his wrath is permanent. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Catherine at church made a very good comment and, and I didn't even think of it like this. She said, you will live forever. It'll just determine on where you live, forever. Yeah, yeah. that's but a good that point. But that will depend on you. That's right. You know? It's up to you. And hell is forever, but also His goodness is forever as well in heaven. But His severity is also forever. And you know, turn over. Uh, let me see. Go ahead. Well, oh, um, I was just looking
0: at. I was just looking at our text again, Romans eleven. Yeah. Um, Twenty two. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity, so goodness and severity that's right they're not apart, they're together goodness right. and severity it's it they're both good things, yep, the goodness and severity of God on those who fell um severe um severity, but toward um okay, hold on, but no, towards good. you, but towards you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off and so. You know, I was talking about hey you're not you don't have fear of your folks. If say they go out and come back and one of the siblings did something and you know you didn't have a part of it and you're just kinda strutting around not scared at all. (laughs) Yeah. And the other the other siblings scared to death, you know, because they didn't do what they were supposed to. As Christians, we're kinda like that sibling strutting around, I didn't do it. You know, of course we can't we can't get overconfident because we're all No we all sin, but uh but 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 we We can have comfort. As a Christian, we have comfort in the Lord, knowing that we're doing everything we can to do His will. That's right.
1: And it's not a work-based salvation. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing we can do to earn salvation. Mm -hmm. We just take comfort in His promises that if we remain faithful to Him, we will receive eternal paradise with Him, you know, eternal an eternal reward forever. And so it's not a work-based salvation. We can just take comfort in His promises, knowing that if we are obedient to Him, we have this guarantee of this hope. And that goes with Hebrews 6, verse 18. So turn over there with me. That's Hebrews 6, verse 18. Now, this is important for us to certainly understand. This is an aspect of God that we must understand. So on top of His great and mighty power, okay, Almighty, verse 18 of Hebrews 6, He says that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. So it is an absolute impossibility for God to lie. Now understand, so when he tells us that if you obey me, you will receive this reward. That is a guarantee. It's a guarantee. And it's not because we have earned it, it's that we can, it's a guarantee because he promised it to us. That's his goodness. But on the flip side of it, all the stuff that we read, like in Mark 9, 43 through 48, where the worm never dies and the, the fire is never quenched, that too is an absolute guarantee for us if we are disobedient, if we are not following him his way. You know, we we cannot go rogue, so to speak, where, well, I'm going to serve God, but I'm going to serve God my way. That's not going to get you anywhere. That's going to get you... You're disobedient. Because when you think about it, who determines what is sin and what isn't? God and God alone. Mm -hmm. Who determines who is obedient and who is disobedient? God and God alone. He is the only one to determine that. So if you are trying to serve him his way, you know, and, and I think of like you send your kid into the store. And you tell him, go get me eggs and milk. And you give him a $10 bill and say, and bring me my change. Eggs, milk, and bring me my change. They go in there, get eggs, milk, and a candy bar and bring you your change. Mm-hmm. Did they obey you? No. No. That would upset me just because <laughs> they know better. You know, The fact that I didn't say they could automatically eliminates everything because I also didn't tell them they couldn't get toilet paper or Q-tips, but they didn't get that, right? They got something for them. Mm-hmm. It was their heart was seeking to please themselves rather than seeking to please me or the parent. So you, you get that concept. You understand that. The same goes for God. He is the perfect father. He is the perfect parent. And so when we have that, that attitude towards him, what do you expect to come Judgment Day? Yeah. That you can only expect eternal torment because you disobeyed him. And you knew it because you were seeking to please yourself. Um, turn over with me to Romans 10. I said we might come back to that, so let's let's go over there because this is a perfect. This is the point I'm trying to make. Romans ten, we'll read one through four. This is Paul speaking about the Israelites, and he. Paul's a perfect example of this because while he was Saul of Tarsus, or while he was a Jew, he was he had a lot of zeal for God. Yeah, and in his zeal. He was going out and killing Christians, persecuting them, seeking them out. And yet, that's when the Lord found him. And so, he's the perfect one to be speaking about this. And so, in in verse 1 through 4 of Romans 10, he says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So it doesn't matter if you have a zeal for God. If it's not according to his knowledge, you are self-righteous. And that's essentially what Paul was before he became a Christian. He was self-righteous.
0: Yeah, Paul's a great example to us because absolutely he was going 90 miles an hour the wrong direction. Yeah. But he was going, and he was trying to do everything he could, and he thought he was doing what was right. That's right. He thought he was pleasing the Lord. Until the, on the road to Damascus, he took a 180-degree turn Yeah, and started doing what God wanted him to. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point
1: and that's a that's the point that that we're trying to make you know when when people want to be righteous they think that they can make themselves righteous by doing what they want
0: mm, all we have all they have all the great great intentions great yeah. people good people um, Absolutely. great intentions Paul was a good you know um, person other than they were basically killing Christians so I can't imagine anyone going around killing people thinking it's good. Right, You know. yeah. So other than that, um, he was trying but you to had do had the Jews th- kill Christ, so, you know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know, this is, a, this is a different time than what we live today. I mean, yeah. if we don't, you just don't go kill someone who have you have your disagreement with <laughs> yeah. today. Thank goodness.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the, uh, just the, when you don't think of the severity of God, Yeah, that is when you become lazy towards your approach to please God. Because, and I hope I'm bringing this point across, right, where if I don't worry about what's going to happen to me if I'm disobedient. You know, when I study with people, it's like, we have two different beliefs here. What's going to happen to us? What do you think is going to happen to us if we're wrong? And a lot of times we're like, well, you know, I, I think the Lord will be accepting. It's like, where do you get that though? God doesn't say that. God doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. So where do you get that? And it's because they were told that by someone or they, they read a book, you know, they read a book explaining the Bible, you know, or they read man's thoughts and go to God, see what he says. You know, the whole reason why Christ came to earth and walked among us was to show us the perfect way, and the only way to the Father. That's the whole reason why He walked among us and served us on earth, was because He was showing us the way to the Father. Mm -hmm. And so when you step outside of Christ's steps, and by the way, the word Christian means a follower of Christ or Christ-like. So if you are not being like christ or christ-like you are not a christian and you have turned away from the lord and so we have to be diligent in our service to the lord as it says in second timothy two fifteen. study to show thyself approved unto the lord a workman needeth not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth mm-hmm. the only way you can rightly divide the word of truth is if you study his word that's the only way you can rightly divide it you know you can't just pray about it and and hope that he he reveals it to you without any study. It takes diligence in in serving him. Yeah, it, it's an it's a daily walk with him, and seeking always to be pleasing to him in all that you say and do.
0: I'm looking at some of the verses that you have. Absolutely, here. Ezekiel eighteen twenty four. Ooh, that's a good one. And, uh, you know, this kind of brings out the point that um, you can't just be a Christian and then just do whatever you want. Yeah. You can't just be baptized, become a Christian, and then go live your life the way you want to live it. Yeah. Because I'll go ahead and read that. Ezekiel 18, um, 24. But when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity and does according to all the abomination that the wicked man does, shall he live? All the righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered. But um, because of the unfaithfulness of which he is guilty and the sin which he has committed, because of them he shall die. That's right. And so even though he was righteous in the first part of his life, the second part, basically, null and void the first part of his life. That's right. Because the sin was blocking him.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's also this... um, I watched a documentary one time where this this gentleman was um living a life of crime mm-hmm. you know where he was uh doing every horrible thing sure but every day he was talking about God to someone every chance he got every chance everyone he came across he was talking about God and anyway so the long story short the police caught him and he actually got got sentenced to um Death by lethal injection, I believe. And as they were interviewing him while he was on death row, they asked him, are you afraid to die? He says, no, because every day I talked about God. So I am I am righteous, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's exactly what we've been talking about. Somebody that does not serve God his way, you have no hope. You know, he never looked at the severity of God. He only looked at the goodness of God, looking at how... You know, a lot of times people go to John three sixteen, which is a great verse, by the way. But they look at that and, you know, as for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever mm-hmm. believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. They look at that and be like, okay, all I have to do is believe. Yeah. They, they throw out the rest of the Bible because all it says is all I have to do is believe. You can't do that. You know, you have to consider all of God.
0: Yeah. The whole Bible. We're just about out of time here. All right. But I got a I got a final one here. Yeah, absolutely. So Matthew 7:13 and 14 because this really sums up our fear.
1: Absolutely. That's okay? a great
0: place to end too. Yeah, it sums up our fear of of what we should be thinking about cuz this this going to heaven's not easy. No. Okay. And something that's not easy doesn't happen to everyone. If you say I'm going to be a millionaire, is that easy? No. No. Not at all. Like Everyone would love to be a millionaire, but yeah. is it easy? No. It just doesn't come to you. Yeah. And, and there's few who have it. Okay? That's right. So, back to this verse. Matthew seven, thirteen and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. And basically, he's talking about heaven here. That's right. And you can just imagine the gate. Uh, if you've ever tried to drive cattle through a gate, okay the broad gate boy, that's easy man. A, yeah a, you can drive a cow anywhere you want Broad is the way. Um, wide is the gate. If there's a wide opening man they'll go through it no problem. That's right. But if there's a narrow gate, good luck yeah. getting them through it and, and and basic and that's that's the way it is for people unfortunately. Yeah, um, being Christians and going to heaven,
1: and it's it's not because it's it, it, it is difficult, but the reason why it's difficult is because they don't serve God His way. Mm-hmm. They try to manipulate the Word of God to fit their life.
0: Well, and I'm sorry, I gotta keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Because 15, he says, because this just gives more fear to us. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are rat. Uh, ravenous. ravenous wolves, you will know them by their fruits. Um, do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Nope. And and so basically, he's telling them, beware. Here's some fear. False prophets. You got to watch out for them. That's and, right. And there are so many people deceived by it.
1: Absolutely. And that's because Satan is hard at work deceiving everyone. Yeah. You know. And so, be aware. You know he is a ravenous wolf seeking whom he may devour, going back to first Peter five eight mm-hmm. he's a ravenous wolf you you need to be aware of him and mm-hmm. seek and be diligent to seek to please the Lord
0: mm-hmm. absolutely that's a great place to end I think. it is and that's it. I mean that's our study for tonight i've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I feel like I was there David yeah, yeah. uh there's there's a lot more on here. <laughs> There's a lot more on your outline that we could discuss, but there's just not enough time in in here. And so we appreciate you uh, being with us uh, through this podcast and hope you've enjoyed it. If you have any questions, send us an email, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, guys.